0: Tracy uh, asked in the Q&A, she says, I don't understand, quote unquote, rewards. I have not thought of any that might actually work. SOS. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, rewards are anything that our brain enjoys, anything that we are motivated by. And part of ADHD is that our brain is not as sensitive to rewards and we need more of them. ADHD Rewired Episode 252. This is the podcast for those of us with really good intentions and a slightly wandering attention. I'm Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker by training and a coach by design. I'm your host and I have ADHD. ADHD Rewired is a more than just a podcast. We are a community. We are wired for connection and you are not alone. Go to ADHDRewired.com to learn how you can join us in our free secret Facebook group. Get additional resources for every episode, including links to any resources we mention on today's show you can support us on patreon sign up for our email newsletter you can request podcast postcards to distribute to your clients and support groups and you can learn all about our intensive online video-based coaching and accountability groups you can do all of this at our website adhdrewired.com we know that starting is the hardest part so let's get started Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. We are here with our live Q&A that we do every second Tuesday of the month at 1230 p.m. Central Time. Uh, so those of you who are watching this live right now, we are streaming this to Facebook on the uh, ADHD Rewired Facebook page and within the community. Um, come join us over at uh, in Zoom. You can register at ADHDrewired.com slash events. So we have Brendan Mahan here. Hey, Brendan. How are you? I am doing better than you. I know because I you have a cold. Yeah, colds are the worst. Yeah, colds are they. They suck. All right, we got a couple of people who are I see watching on Facebook. We have uh, uh, we have eight people who are here right now in the Q and A. We already have a wonderful panelist who's or who's going to ask us a question, Juliet, all the way from down under. Hi, Juliet. How are you?
1: Hi, Eric. Good morning. How are you? Good
0: morning. What is your question?
1: So I've got yes, you know I've got so I've got two little kids with ASD um, and disorders. The, yeah and the the oldest also has um, ADHD so yeah I spend a lot of time um, moving kids around between appointments and um, so just looking at even just like weekly planning I'm really struggling to find a spot for myself just to sit and start working on the things that I want to work on I think I just get so bogged down in the concept of not having the time that I'm struggling to find the time, if that makes sense. Just, any ideas, suggestions yes. on yes. how I can cut that time out again?
0: All right. So, um, you know, being a parent, when you have kids, kids are the most ruthless bosses there are. They don't care what's on our schedule. Um, and then when you have add that with kids with special needs and when you yourself also has executive functioning challenges, it's just like a perfect storm for for potentially Getting very little done, so you know, in in the like our coaching groups where we talk about block scheduling, you know that's that works really well when you don't have kids and where you're you're constantly being pulled and and you know all these different directions. So this is where there's two pieces to this: where doing the time tracking, where you really know how long things take you becomes a really valuable asset because if you can look at your list and say, all right, like I think I might have a 15 minute window coming up. And so then you look at your list and you can even uh, uh, write your list out and mark it by how long you think these tasks will take you. Cause often you're going to have an unexpected window that comes up, right? Maybe uh, you're waiting for a, a doctor, right? So you have, you have some time to do something so you can sort of, n- Take those things that are at your list, but also I think it's really important for for if, you've, if you have a hard time transitioning and between tasks, always know what's on deck. Like always know when I have a moment, what's going to be the thing you're going to do. Otherwise, you're you're then trying to then organize, sort, prioritize, and activate all at the same time. But if you could kind of stick your day and say, these are the things I'm trying to get done today. I don't know when I'm going to have the time to do it." but this is the first thing I'm going to try to do the moment I have a little bit of time. Does that, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. It does. And I think the other part for me is to not getting so caught up in their their stuff, like not getting caught in their mouse world and not getting sucked into the, the drama, which is a bit hard, you know, you're know, tired or. Brendan, you got
0: anything to add to that?
2: Yeah. So one, you're not just managing time. You're also managing energy. Yes. So if you Big get time. that 15 minute window, And you need to use that 15-minute window to recharge instead of plan your schedule. You totally have permission to recharge instead of plan if that's where you need to be. But pay attention to how many times you recharge versus plan. And you might find that if you just suck up being tired a couple times, you might not need to recharge as much. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, In terms of carving out time to plan, this is how I would approach it. Feel free to hate this idea. I typically try to figure out when I don't have kids that I need to worry about. That might not happen until nine o'clock at night, right? Like I might have to do my planning at nine, maybe even 10 o'clock at night, depending on how good my kids are going to sleep. Or I might have to figure out a way to get up early and not make much noise so that I can plan before they're awake. That's another option. Or I might look at when they're at school, right? When are they not around? That's when you want to do your planning. And you just kind of have to prioritize that. You have to be like, this is what I'm going to do it. And then when you're doing the planning, figure out what the anchors are, right? Like your anchors, it looks like you've got your kids have appointments. So that's in, those are anchors. Those are things that you they have to happen. Everything else is mo- going to be more malleable than that. So we can sort of fit other things in around those doctor's appointments or those times where they, you have to go and meet with teachers or whatever the case may be. Like grocery shopping can fit in around that somewhere. So that's, that's the approach I would take is try to find time to do the planning when the kids aren't around. Even if it means that one week you have to be like, Hey, person in my life who that would be appropriate of me to ask this of, can you take my kids for an hour? And then that person takes your kids for an hour or even a half an hour. You can probably get the planning done in a half an hour. Even if it's you, even if it's them coming to your house and you going to a coffee shop or something so that you still get that brain space and that distance that that's the the approach I would take.
0: Awesome. All right. Let's uh, thank you. Thanks so much, Juliet. Let's go to, uh, we have another question uh, from Elliot and Elliot is here. Let me uh, unmute you there. Elliot and Juliet, I'll uh, put you back to the gallery and uh, Elliot, what is your question?
3: Hey, how's it going? Um, The TLDR of the question is, Uh, how do I make the best of unstructured time? So I'm actually on a gap year right now between my undergrad and grad school. And although I'm not expected to do anything in that time, um, I'd like to be working on some research. I'd like to be studying for my qualifying exams. Um, but frankly, when it doesn't matter, it's a little harder to make that happen.
0: Okay. Unstructured time. So unstructured time is, is hard. I mean, there's no kind of, uh, 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 nothing sort of to get around that, you know. So what are those anchors going back to sort of what, what Brendan was saying, uh, in the last question? How can you set up some anchors, uh, especially if you can leverage some accountability? So having a place you need to be at a certain time. Um, I know it was, it was a couple of months ago. It was, uh, I think it was, uh, right after summertime where I took five weeks in between, uh, sessions of coaching groups. And that first week off, you know i was I was just floundering like i it was like I have all the time in the world, and I knew at that point that I'm like, come four weeks from now when like group starts in two days, I am going to <laughs> regret what I did at this time. And what I realized that I needed to have more things scheduled and scheduled with other people. um you know, for when you're all on your own, for me anyways, having that accountability piece is such a powerful and useful. Uh, thing, even if that's to meet someone for for coffee, or to uh, um, you know to have a uh, you said you're you're a student, you know having a, a study date with somebody where you're just kind of agree to to meet at a specific time. Um, are there? Do you find that there are certain times of the day that you are better able to execute the things that you need to do?
3: That's sort of a funny question because the other thing that I've been dealing with is just my sleep. Um, Back to since I don't have appointments in the morning or class in the morning or anything like that, it doesn't really matter when I wake up. And maybe it's an ADHD thing. I've heard some people talk about this where I just I stay up until usually like 1 a.m. is around the time. Then I won't wake up until like 10 a.m., which isn't too bad. But yeah, so there's not. um, Sorry, what was the original question?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know you were going to be asking me hard questions now.
3: <laughs> I know, I know. Um, um, no, but basically, there's there's not a there's not a big anchor there currently. Okay. Um, so this past semester, I was still working at my undergrad university um, as a course administrator, uh, but this next semester, I'll be doing absolutely nothing, officially speaking. So you know, just a completely blank palette for my twenty four seven.
0: Okay. Um do uh, do you exercise?
3: Yes, yeah.
0: Okay, what kind of exercise do you do?
3: Um so I I power lift. Um actually in a garage gym. So that honestly it's it's a blessing and a curse cuz the same thing in terms of managing time, the garage gym is always open. So I can I can go lift at 1 a.m. Um and I have and maybe it's not the best way to use my time because you kind of push it off as the ah, oh, you know, I could Uh, it doesn't matter whether I do this in the morning or at night, I'll just do it whenever I have time. And sometimes that ends up being not the best way to do things.
0: Brendan, what's, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Um, I think accountability is huge. I think that you might need to set different goals. One of the things you mentioned is what do you do with your unstructured time? I'm taking time off for school, but I'd like to accomplish things. What are those things? Is it all stuff aimed at school? Does it have to be stuff aimed at your grad program? Maybe you could do something else entirely. Maybe you yeah.
3: So there's there's some stuff that I've been thinking about working in. So one of the things that I am continuing to work on that I think would benefit from me just making a bigger commitment to is I'm working on some research projects right now. Um, So of course there's meetings with the people I'm doing that research with, Mm -hmm. um, which right now are just once a week. But I think that we could even move them to twice a week, and that would be good for everyone involved. The other thing is. I, it's been weird with like between the holiday season and everything, everything's kind of funny because I'm not always around. Um, but I've th- been thinking of picking up a martial art, uh, which again would be then as opposed to, you know, my garage gym be restricted to the couple of times a week that uh, classes are available and things like that.
2: And, um, and the garage gym, it sounds like you don't have people there that you're connecting with. No. exercising at one in the morning, Right.
3: <laughs> no, no, so, just me alone in the garage, and I—I uh, I live in a cold climate too. So,
2: so could so. you? maybe is it your garage or like a random garage gym that you both somehow has members?
3: It's that's actually, uh, it's in the house I lived in last year. I have a couple of friends living in that house now and they use the equipment too. So we've just left it there and I have a spare key.
0: I was going to say yeah. it's the reason he's using it at 1am because he doesn't want the people that actually own the space to know he's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm sneaking in.
0: <laughs> yeah. one am like, that's, that's recipe for disaster especially with sleep. What is all that noise? And
2: they come into the garage and there you are all sweaty and lifting big heavy weights.
3: Uh, uh no, it's a, it's a built of cinder blocks. <laughs> the noise doesn't really travel much.
2: Okay. Uh, like, but do, but do you do any cardio for a gym somewhere so that you're limited to their hours? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I've thought about, I've thought about going back. I think it might be, it might be a good move, you know, because I originally sort of moved to the garage gym with that sense of, oh, you know, the flexible time. I can do this between classes and things like that. And it it might be a little bit more of a curse than a blessing.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then other stuff that you could sort of play with would be experiment with waking up in the morning and getting dressed for work or school. Right. Like in some sort of uniform that indicates it's time to go be, be productive. And then. Drive someplace like you're driving to work or school. So, and just go do stuff there, right? Whatever there happens to be. It might be a library, it might be a coffee shop, whatever's appropriate. But, but w- like one of the things I've been finding with my clients is I keep making them go to libraries to do work because they keep complaining about not being able to do work at home. And often the challenge with getting work done at home is that transition time. Because yeah. we, when we work at home, we feel like we have to just immediately get to work and immediately be in that sort of productivity mindset. And often we need time to get into that mindset. And being in a car and driving there is useful because you can't actually be productive during that time. So you can't jump the gun. There's no scenario where you can be like, oh, well, now I feel like I should do the thing because you just can't. So you get an extra five or 10 minutes of driving where your thoughts get even more clarified or your motivation or energy increases just that little bit more so that when you arrive, wherever you're going, now you actually are ready to work as opposed to being like three quarters of the way ready to work. And you sit down and you're like, I don't know why I can't start.
3: Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Cause I have found, um, actually, so the psychologists and psychiatrists that I, that I have to treat my ADHD are actually an hour and a half long drive away. Um, and despite that, Oh yeah, it's a pain in the butt. Um, But despite that, uh, those are actually the days that I sort of put in better work just because of that sense of of separation um, between, you know, me being at home and me doing other things.
0: Mm -hmm. Are you a coffee drinker?
3: No, not at all. Never. My mom had a big problem. I definitely got my ADHD from my mom. Um, (laughs) We haven't talked about it. She's not diagnosed. Uh, but. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness. If you watch her drive, it is so clear. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I watched her grow up with a, with a really bad coffee problem. So I've never touched this stuff.
0: Coffee problems are when you drink bad coffee. I don't, I love coffee. All right. So, um, my, well, my question was, so if you do, if you, if you need that accountability, if um, whether it's having like a going out for breakfast, there are certain uh, like restaurants that you can actually pre-order on an app. So if you can sort of automate that process, and now you have your food's waiting for you, and it's already been paid for in Oh, so I car. better
2: show up exactly.
0: Kind of yeah. it gets you out of the
3: house. Nice, nice. I like that.
0: Any other um, uh, ideas, Brendan? I mean, I, um, I know we kind of just briefly touch on sleep. I mean, sleep is you know, sleep's the one thing that when we when we're screwing it up, it makes us screw everything up, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. And it's a challenge. I mean, that's 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 my gravel mountain, right? That's the one that I'm ke- I keep working yeah. on, and I well, keep slipping down. And it's uh,
3: and, and people with ADHD have trouble with sleep all the time. Like, should I be worried that my like de facto sleep schedule is like 1 a.m. to 10 a.m.?
0: I is would work bad? on it. I would work on it. It's, okay. um, it, it's a, I mean, I've been working on it for years. I'm still not where I want to be, uh, with, with my sleep. Um, but you know, if I, if I just went kind of a, a, oh, lazy affair, like, ah, oh, whenever I, like, I would be a hot mess, right? Like at it, it, the very, at the very least, it gets me to bed earlier than if I wasn't trying to get to bed at a certain time. Mm-hmm.
3: And actually, as, so something that I have done to sort of rein that in that I'll just throw out as a tip for anyone listening um, is I do have a couple of apps that are synced on my computer and my phone where basically um, all of the fun things on the internet are blocked past like 11 p.m. Right. Um, so I can email, I can do work on my research and things like that. So if I really got something I need to do, I can do it, but I can't get to Reddit. I can't get to my video games or anything like that. And that's been really useful to, to start getting me to better earlier.
0: Awesome. And obviously the the other thing that I would, uh, you know, i highly recommend is our, our coaching and accountability groups. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a second, but I want to take a, a quick break for the podcast and we will come back and continue answering more questions. Our winter coaching and accountability groups just kicked off this week. I want to thank everyone who signed up. We filled all three sections. Right now, I'm still working out dates for our spring sessions. I'm sure I'll have an announcement here on the podcast in the next week or two. And if you're not on my email list, sign up and I'll shoot you an email when we open up early registration. If you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about our online video-based coaching and accountability groups, go to coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com. All right, that's it. Let's get back to the Q&A, which we do every second Tuesday of the month. And you can join us by going to ADHDrewired.com slash events. All right, let's get back with last month's live Q&A. and we are back that's your cue brendan now is the time where you give the question
2: <laughs> oh and we are back look at that <laughs> hey back so this one is uh is pretty solid how do i regulate my emotions at work mm, and i'm true. not positive this isn't a regulation of emotions question i think there might be something else going on but we'll get there I was acting very annoyed about something while having lunch with my colleagues in the staff room. I'm a primary school teacher, and there was another problem that occurred with the pupils who stayed in school for lunch. Colleagues wanted wanted to give me tips on how to deal with such problems, but I was just expressing my frustration and didn't want any tips. And them helping me made me even more annoyed, and I was rambling on... For about fifteen minutes and felt like I wanted to walk out of the staff room to catch some air. How can I get colleagues to help me with my regulation of my emotions, meaning helping me zooming zoom out of the situation and calm down mm. so I think that the way to navigate there's a couple of things in here: one, you were talking to teachers, and teachers solve problems and expect to be listened to because of the nature of what they do for a job so Unless you're really clear on how you communicate with them, that's going to be their default, right? Teachers teach. And that's what they're trying to do with giving you ideas. And I think the core of this is not about regulating emotions at work necessarily. I think it's around communication. I think saying to your colleagues, hey, I need to vent and then sharing with them the stuff. And if they start trying to teach and solve the problem, you can just reiterate, yeah, no, I've... I'm aware of all that stuff. I, I really just need to vent. I really just need to be cranky for a minute so that I'm not cranky when I go back into the classroom. Um, you'll probably get them to where they need to be. You might need to train them for a little while. At first, it might be them continuing to try to solve the problem. But eventually, if you're consistent with, hey, I need to vent, they'll figure it out.
0: I think the same kind of, uh, I would agree. It's, I think it's a communication issue. And, uh, I think the same uh, sort of recommendation, because often given as, as marital advice, when we're one, like, we're telling one, you know, it's, you know, stereotypically it's often the, uh, the, the, the wife will come to the, the husband and say, I'm, you know, I'm having this, this problem and they don't want any of our ideas. All they want is for us to listen. Right. And, uh, and I'm trained as a social worker and I, and I had a hard time learning that one. And the thing that actually is helpful. So, um, is to just listen. And so I've had conversations with my wife about, all right, when you're sharing something with me, if all you want me to do is, is listen and not give advice, it'd be actually really helpful to just tell me that ahead of time. Um, so I know kind of how I could support you and, and that supportive role is just, is just listening and empathizing, um, without trying to go into, uh, a problem solving mode. So I think that that could also work in, in the school environment too with your colleagues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, alternatively, if you need to take a break, is there anywhere else besides the, the teacher's lounge that you can, like, can you go to your car for a little bit to just kind of decompress?
2: Yeah. When I taught, I knew all the hiding holes in the schools. The janitor's closet? Sometimes, like, the auditorium's empty. Sometimes, you, if the school has a really... Interesting library. There might be like corners and nooks that no one goes into. Yeah, there's all kinds of possibilities depending on how your school is
0: designed. Awesome. That's a, that was a great question. All right, um, waiting for a few more questions to come here in the Q and A. Um, let's see, Tracy uh, asked in the Q and A. She says, "I don't understand quote unquote rewards. I have not thought of any that might actually work." <laughs> SOS. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, rewards are anything that our brain enjoys, anything that that we are motivated by. Um, you know, and and part of ADHD is that our brain is not as sensitive to rewards, and we need more of them. Right. So it's sort of this like double whammy. Um, and I think that the thing to understand about rewards is that one, it can be really hard to sort of self-administer. Rewards—that's that's like self-regulation, right? And ADHD really is a disorder of self-regulation. Um, so if you can partner up with someone, uh, maybe a—I uh, know Tracy was a member of our our coaching and accountability groups. You know, talk to your uh, accountability team members about—is um, there some way that they can like withhold something from you that you can only get once you do a certain thing? Like maybe do you have Netflix. Maybe you can give them access to your Netflix account where they change your password, and that you can only get access to your password once you prove that you did a thing that you were wanting to do. Um, as an idea, uh, we can do the same thing with like Facebook or any other things sort of like that, um, where it's primarily just something we do for for pleasure and it's not something that we need. So I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on, on rewards? Because um, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot there, and I think part of it is what motivates you.
2: Yeah, and it also depends on what the rewards are being pointed at right are they being pointed at me are they being pointed at someone else say more about that so i mean my stuff is all parent work right so i'm i read this and was thinking kids Mm. but it doesn't even have to be kids it could be an employee it could be a spouse so some of it is understanding what makes someone feel rewarded and that might mean you got to ask them or if it's yourself you got to kind of do some reflection on what that is and I know whenever I think about that kind of stuff, I always go to that five love languages book, which talks about the different way pe- different ways people feel loved, but that's also kind of feeling rewarded too, that's in there as well. Um, so like, is it a gift? Is it time with someone? Is it words of praise? Is it a hug? Is it doing something for you so you don't have to do it? What's going to help you feel rewarded sort of big picture? And then you can narrow it down from there. Yeah, I don't know. I know for me, I suck at the like rewarding of the self. Stuff. I don't typically feel comfortable doing that. Like, mm-hmm. I usually have to metacognition it into the ground and be like, when I do this, I will feel so good for having done it. And then it won't be on my plate anymore. And the relief of that will make me feel so good. I have to do that. I can't just be like, after I do this, I'm going to have a cookie. Like, that doesn't, that just doesn't do it for me. It's <laughs> like, I just have the cookie now. Like, why would I wait? So I don't, I don't know if I'm poking around where where this question lives or not. But um
0: And just in case anyone's yeah, sort of oh, wait, new to wait, the wait, wait, whole long. like ADHD wait. and brain stuff, uh metacognition is just a, a fancy way of saying thinking about our thinking.
2: I'm seeing a can I talk and I'm wondering if that in the in the chat. And I'm wondering if that means that Tracy would like to become a panelist.
0: All right. Uh Tracy. Saw, yes. Let's do that. Let's uh I'm gonna panel how can we verb panelist panelist to you panel panelize? That doesn't sound right. Um, that sounds like a punishment, not a reward. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to click allow. Panelated. To-
2: <laughs> what, what was that's it? A- panelated. That sounds like, like a style. A for panelated. A rooming.
0: Like my panelated living room. Hmm. Like the old school, like 1970s, like fake wood panel. Uh, that's our house. Yeah. I have that in the basement too. All right, let's see. I think uh, Tracy is coming. All right, what is your question, Tracy?
3: Well, it's that question about rewarding myself, hmm. and um, yeah, no, I'm not the. Uh, when I finish this, I'll have a cookie thing. I'll just have the cookie and do whatever I want anyway. <laughs> um, the passwords one is like, hmm, I must really want to have to get that done to uh, wrench myself that way, but. Um, my ADHD brain is slow. So you said something around the metacognition thing. You said, if, imagine how I will feel if... Is that what you prompted yourself with?
2: Yeah, that's how I tend to do it.
3: Can you repeat that?
2: So I, um, if I find that I'm just not doing something, I, I tend to try the... It usually works. I get like 85% success rate with it. Where I'm like, yeah, but it'll feel really good. Once I've done this thing, right? Like once I finish editing the, editing the podcast or once I send this email, email, I'm I'm buried in email right now. So I'll use email email as the example. So it works for me after I disconnect from this Q&A. So I will picture, first off, how relieved I will feel f- because I'll have like, this email won't be hanging over my head or these multiple emails won't be hanging over my head. Like that, those loops will be closed even if it's just a few of the many, many email loops that I need to close, at least I close like five to 10 of them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I might picture if there's a couple that I've been putting off or avoiding because they're extra intimidating, because if it goes wrong, it'll be bad um, or be disappointing. I'll try to imagine what would happen if they went right. And I'll really picture mm-hmm. that like, Oh, if I, if this email goes right though, then this person that I'm trying to get to be the Keynote for the 2019 ADHD conference will be the keynote, and then I'll look super cool because I'll have pulled that off. Or, um, or this person that I'm emailing about being in the coaching groups will join the coaching groups, and that'll be great. Or, this principal that I'm messaging with will hire me to do a professional development for their school, and that I always love doing professional developments. That's my favorite. So, I try to feel those emotions and how amazing that would be once I've completed the thing. And also imagine the emotions that will go away. So I'm kind of attacking it from both ends. I'm navigating the running away and the running towards.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to answer that fully. And Tracy, think back to the exercise we did in the in the uh, coaching groups, the anatomy of the to-do list, where you're adding the why, like the why it matters, um, you know, to your actual to-do item. And maybe giving yourself a little bit more information. I was actually I was trying to find... Um, My, um, I I have a, several years ago, I did a, I had basically a star chart that I created for myself. Um, I was going to get a, uh, I purchased a surround sound system and I said, you know what, before I, uh. Before I purchase this, I'm going to tie this to a behavior that I want to focus on. And the behavior was flossing. And so I created this really cheesy star chart. And that then for each day that I, that I flossed, I would like first I started by just drawing like little funny stick figures in, in the box. And then my wife would actually comment below it. And then I start like I found that piece to be really actually surprisingly motivated. Then I started making like weeks worth of like flossing pun jokes. Um, and like, for me, like that just it stimulates my brain. And I was now really looking forward to what, how my wife would respond. So yeah. the, the actual, the more immediacy piece to it actually was more motivating to me. So, you know, experiment with different things. I think that, that uh, star charts are not just for kids. Um, I think having that that visual cue of, all right, I get to add the star or get the sticker or draw the picture. Um, you know, you can even do one of those. Uh, do You like to do, um, what do they call it? Like art by numbers or picture by numbers. Like for every time you do a task, you have to color in a certain uh, um, feature of something. Mm. So I think just being able to see concretely that you're making progress on something can be motivating. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. Let's see if we have any uh, other questions here. While we are looking for a, uh, another question, uh, what we will do really quickly is take just another quick short break and then uh, we will be right back. It's the new year. My assistant Marissa is no longer part of the ADHD Rewire team. So if you have requested to join the Facebook community in the last few weeks, I appreciate your patience. It will probably still be a few weeks. I have been interviewing and will hopefully have a new assistant soon. And I'm actually considering bringing somebody on full time. So if you've been thinking of supporting ADHD Rewired on Patreon, now would be a great time to do that. Your monthly contribution helps with the production cost of this podcast and you're helping me so I can help you. This includes helping me grow our coaching group scholarship funds and patrons get cool perks like tracks of me playing piano episodes of the Gibson and Eric show. Gibson is my seven year old thrice exceptional son and patrons at all levels get to hang out with me once a month on zoom. I want to thank Anne Marie S Jenny S Allison M Roxy R and Jennifer L who recently became patrons over at patreoncom slash ADHD rewired. You too can show your support by going to patreon.com slash ADHD rewired and making a monthly contribution of five, ten or twenty dollars or pick an amount that makes sense for you. And if financially you are not able to give, you can support this podcast by leaving an honest rating and review on Apple podcasts or text three people right now who you know who might benefit from the podcast to share a link to subscribe. Click the share button on your podcast player. However you show your support, I appreciate it. And if you can do it on Patreon, the link again is patreon.com slash ADHD rewired. That's patreon.com slash ADHD rewired. All right, and I'm back to the rest of the Q and a, and we are back. We can keep the, put, put the last few seconds in. That's fine.
2: <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm working on trying to figure out what my goals for next year are. One is um, to at least rank up in brown belt, um, if not earn the black belt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't control that, so like I can't. I can't definitively say like by the end of 2019 I will be a black belt because my sensei is in charge of that decision. But I want to do the things I need to do to.
0: What are those things?
2: I have to get into better shape. I have to lock in thirty combinations, left and right-handed. I have to lock in um, eleven forms, maybe twelve, and, th- and then I have to get good at them. Um, and, th- and then my sensei needs to decide that I did it right. Like, and I have to go to the dojo often enough and frequently enough that that f- works. So, what's the one thing done? that you
0: can do to make sure that that happens?
2: I signed my kids up for kempo.
0: <laughs> so your Which, kids are are, are your like the bait so is that like no the only there's there's
2: the only thing that keeps me from going to the dojo there are two things that keep me from going to the dojo one is health mm-hmm. i'm not going right now because i don't want to infect everybody else nice there. dumb and then the only other thing the only other things that keep me from going are prior commitments and the only two prior commitments i have are workshops and um cub scouts so as long as like I hit a patch where I didn't go much because I had a lot of workshops and I had a lot of Cub Scouts. But other than that, I go. Um, So there's that. And then I go every Saturday provided I'm healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I go every week. It's just, I try, I try to go three times a week, Monday nights, Thursday nights and Saturday mornings. And then I modify it as necessary. So sometimes it's like, I can't go on Monday or Thursday, but I can go on Tuesday. So I'll go on Tuesday and Saturday. Those kinds of things.
0: I saw on your, uh, uh, a Facebook post of yours that you almost uh, humbled some guy who checked you like what was that? God, briefly share that story then we got a couple other questions that I want to answer. Alright, so
2: yeah, so I was at Whole Foods. I had to pick my kids up at school and I had like a 15-20 minute window to get something to eat and I hadn't eaten all day. So I was like Whole Foods is on the way to school and quick. So I stopped off at Whole Foods. I grabbed a sandwich and an apple and a bottle of water and I sat down and, uh, and I walk into the little food area and this guy is listening or not listening. He's watching sports on his iPhone, right? Or smartphone. I don't know what kind of phone it was. Only it's really, really loud, like unnecessarily loud. And there's two women there and this guy. So, and no one is sitting together. Everyone's kind of in their own spots. So I went to the complete other side of the eating area, figuring maybe I won't be disturbed by this and I can read my book, but I couldn't. Like this, what is this guy doing? Like, it's so obvious that that's not societally appropriate. Yeah. So I just walked over to him and was like, excuse me, do you mind turning down your phone? Or can you turn down your phone? Or I forget how I said it. And he didn't look at me and he didn't say anything to me, but his phone got quieter. And I might've stood there longer than I needed to. Cause <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. You know what I mean? Like, but I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I was just like, now you're not saying anything to me, but eventually the phone got quieter and I... So I went back down and sat down and ate and all that stuff. And then I had to leave. So I'm walking out of the store and I head over to the trash barrels to throw my stuff out. And this guy also gets up and goes over the trash barrels. And it was enough to get my radar going, Mm. but not enough to make me care, if that makes sense. Like I didn't assume anything. So I just throw my stuff out. And as I'm looking at the trash barrel and throwing my stuff out, I get shoulder blocked by this guy. Like he slammed himself into me. It's It's
0: crazy. He was like 50 something years old.
2: (laughs) And if I didn't have the martial arts training that I have and my radar hadn't been up, I probably would have at least stumbled if not been knocked flying. But I was. So I was anchored when it happened. And I just sort of went back a little bit. And then the really interesting part for me happened, which was I turned on the guy. And I said, really? Because I asked you to turn your phone down and he started backpedaling like pretty quick. He was, oh, no, no, my, I have a bad knee. My, my knee's bad. And in my head, I'm like, and I actually said out loud, I was like, no, you don't. That wasn't a bad knee. You just, that was on purpose. Like what? Because I asked you to turn your phone down and then he's going to sit down. And he kept calling me little man through the entire incident because I'm short. I'm like five feet five. And I was like, and that the part that bothered me was that he wouldn't own it. I didn't even didn't even bother me that he did it. I was like, just own it. Like what? So he, what are you doing? He checked you, then he gaslighted you. Do. Right, and that was what offended me was that he wouldn't own it, and I was like, that's really weird. That that's the part that bothered me. And I I will admit that he got my Irish up a little bit, and I told him that if he wanted to throw down, we could, <laughs> um, which was not the best choice, and I fully <laughs> recognize that fact. But he was <laughs> sitting by the time I did that because I he sat down pretty quick once I stepped to him, and I realized much later on, like hours later that I reacted as a high school teacher. Like I was treating him like an obnoxious punk in school. Mm. That, that was completely my perspective, my, not my perspective, but my like attitude was, and, and, um, and this is actually something I talk about in the coaching groups for parents, which I'll, I'll make all of this make sense in a second. I'm not saying you should throw down with your kids. Um, but I talked to parents about how we shouldn't get angry when our kids are being defiant. Don't get mad, get offended. Right. Hmm. Because it's yeah, it's one of my mantras right now. Um, yeah. As you know, I have mantras that kind of come in and out and stuff. It's, 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 one,
0: it's one of the reasons I I've been, been was always interested in working with you because of yeah. your mantra started with the wall of awful.
2: So the concept is, and, and I, the more I play with it, the more I flesh it out. But Like with this guy, I didn't get mad. I got offended, right? So he didn't control the situation because I wasn't mad. So I didn't lose control. I was in control of myself the entire time. Hmm. But I was offended, which allowed me sort of the energy and the like emotional potency to steer things. And so I talked to my parents about that in the coaching groups and even the parents that I just coach one-on-one like don't, when your kid pitches a fit or gets upset, don't get mad at them for, for not doing their homework or for hitting their brother or whatever. Be offended by that behavior. And, and I make faces and we work through like offended faces. And, and then that what do you stuff. do with that? We want that to be the baseline for how we interact with our kids when they're misbehaving. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of my parents, when, when they hit, when their kids start to escalate, they escalate with them. And now everybody is escalating. Everyone's in fight, flight, or freeze. And it's draining and exhausting and really, really hard. But if you can just stay unoffended, offended, your kid can escalate. And you stay lower than them in mm-hmm. terms of how much you've escalated. But your energy, the kind of energy you're playing with, can still match their heightened energy. But because you're more grounded, you can sort of bring them down to a calmer although still escalate. I'm not using the word calm, not actual calm, but calmer spot. Um, and so that's, that's one of the tools that I've been playing with since, I don't know, since the summer, I guess. Um, I don't know if that made sense. I hope it so did. So the moral
0: of the story is do not check Brendan if you see him in the store because he will like, throw what down. <laughs> what are you
2: doing? I, I, I don't want to throw down. That's like a, well, that's, we, did you have one of those moments where you're just time.
0: like, where, who was that person that just like stepped up to this guy? Like, were you surprised um, by your response? I wasn't, some
2: of it I was and some of it I wasn't right. Like I was, I I didn't know how I would respond in a situation like that, despite all the martial arts training that I've mm. done. So I've, cause I've never been in that situation. Yeah, so yeah. a little bit of it was like, oh, that's how I respond in a situation like that. Apparently I'm pretty controlled and pretty calm and pretty chill about it. When I said to the guy, if you want to throw down, we can. That I was like, oh, that was a bad choice. What the heck happened there? <laughs> like, what was that all about? I need to make sure I don't do that again if I'm ever in this kind of a situation. I, I don't
0: know why I'm so um, like humored by it. Just, I'm just like picturing you because I cause I know you. And I'm like, uh, Really? You you did that? <laughs> uh, now, in
2: my defense, I had a cold. That was like when the cold started. So also not a good choice, because my breathing would not have been good if he was like, (laughs) sure. I would have been like, oh, I'm going to have to end this fast because I'm not full of energy. It's like, wait, Um, time out. I
0: need my inhaler.
2: (laughs) No, my adrenaline was flying. Oh, man. Like, I I felt healthy while I was talking to him. Mm. And then I sat down in the car, and this dude who was there, like, when it happened, was putting his kid in the car. And, like, I started to back up, like, and didn't see him there. And then I saw him, and I stopped. And he was like, totally, no, 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 go ahead and back out. Because apparently I'm a psychopath. And I was like, oh, dude, just put your kid in your car. I've been there. Don't worry about it. I completely understand why you feel like you should let me back up. Because I just probably came across like a crazy person. Because you didn't see that dude slam into me. But no, no, no. You back up. I've been the dad with the kid who needs the extra patience. And then I just crashed. Like,
0: I was like, I'm so Damn. tired now. Yeah. No, I know. Whenever, whenever I get flooded like that, it's uh, <laughs> then I'm it's exhausted. Yeah. All right. Well, we, have, we have a couple other questions here. Um, there was a couple on, on the Facebook page and then there's also, uh, uh, two here in the chat. So let's try to, let's try to, uh, do a, a quick response to, uh, these questions. So, uh, Helen who asked, uh, asking for my 17 year old son. I love when questions start that way. Cause I was like, really? Uh, all right. So. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. All right. asking for my my uh, 17-year-old son uh, any advice for getting through homework, getting ready for college and nervous about his study habits. Are you nervous or is he nervous about his study habits? Um because if, if as a parent if you're nervous, I understand. Um if he's nervous, then he's coachable. Um I mean that's truly if if he's the one saying I, I don't know if I can do this uh so, I mean, when I went, to, when I went away to, to college, um, I, in hindsight, I was not ready for college. I also didn't know I had ADHD at that point. Um, I was actually how I got diagnosed with ADHD was almost failing out of college. Um, you know, first of all, I think the study habits, I always say that you learn these habits now. I think the study habits that are required for college are very different than what you need for high, for, for high school. Right. I mean, it's just a whole different ballpark of because it's not even just the, the studying. It's the how do you organize your time when you actually have a ton of time. Right. Um, and so that's a, the the time management piece of how you, you know, so maybe you're in class for, uh, you know, 12, 15 hours or so a, a, a week. Um, so it seems like you have a lot of, of time, but like a lot of time needs to be spent doing, you know, studying. And, and uh, so. It's going to be a lot of of trial and error. I don't know what your kind of how your son is as as a student. Um, I know for me, I was only able to be successful when I was doing 12 uh, credit hours a a semester. And my parents are always like, please do 15 because it's the same price. I'm like, I'm going to fail if I do 15 because at 12, um, I was like, I'm like, can I do nine, please? Um, Because that would have been more more comfortable uh, because things took me longer. Right, um, so you know, I don't know where he's going to be going to school. I think that community college is a great place to start for ki- for kids with ADHD while their brain is continuing to develop. Because uh, remember, our executive functions are in our, that that prefrontal cortex of our brain is not fully developed until they're twenty five years old. And you go into college, and there is every temptation to do everything but studying around you. Right, um, you know, so. Connecting with the Office of Disability Services if he does have that that diagnosis, maybe getting him involved in a, in a study group. But like when he goes away to college, it's on it's on him. Like you can't be like checking up on him anymore as as his parent. I know that's tough because it's you're probably paying the bill, um, but it, he needs to learn because if he doesn't like if he doesn't learn, if you're constantly reminding him throughout college, um, what happens when he finishes college? If you were the one that was kept reminding him what he needs to be doing.
2: It's not even just that legally schools are like, Nope, they're an adult. Your kid's an adult. We don't tell you anything. Yeah. 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 Plenty of schools that do that. So episode 22 of the ADHD essentials podcast, I talked to Ryan McRae about college stuff. He's great about, I had him on too. He's great about that stuff. Yeah. And then I've got another one coming up. Um, It won't be episode 50 because episode 50 is a very special episode. Um, How to talk to your kids about sex. Yeah. Woo. That's episode 50. Um, And then, so it'll be 51 or 52. Um, I have, it's just another college episode talking about what to do, um, what skills we need to develop and all that kind of stuff. And it's a little bit more about preparing kids to get into college, but college skills come up as well.
0: I have a great, uh, great book, um, uh, Made to Stick. It's the science of learning. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I love that book, because I was like... I figured out how to do all this stuff without this book, and it was it was very validating. I'm like, oh yeah, so so it really walks you through like the, the science of learning, um, you know. And, uh, uh, and so that's I mean, that's you know one thing that really helped me too in college. And we're, we're going to go to the next question was when I sort of let go of caring about the grades and just focused on learning, then the grades kind of followed. Also, when uh, throughout my my uh, higher ed I viewed every assignment, especially every paper, as negotiable. Right, develop relationships with those professors. If uh, if he can, if he's assigned a paper, and you can somehow spin it to be something that you're more interested in, like interest is gold for the ADHD brain. So if you mm-hmm. can, and prof- I've I never had a professor say no when I asked if I can take sort of an alternative approach to a uh, to a paper. Um. So that was you know the, the importance of self-advocacy. So I hope that that is helpful. All right, I'm watching the time here. Let's try to get through a couple more here real quick. Let's come back to the, uh, the Q&A here. Uh, so David wants to go live. So let's get David here. All right, and this is a sort of, I think, related question. Hey, David. Hi, Eric, how are you doing? Doing all right. How are you? I am doing all right.
4: Um, I called in um, earlier in the year, Um because I was uh, transitioning from uh, disability uh, to get back to work. and I remember, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for your uh, advice for that. Um, but after being at work for several months, the productivity issues have remained, mm-hmm. um, and all of the tips and tricks and whatever else, I haven't been able to apply them to good enough effect to uh, keep my position, unfortunately. Mm, sorry to hear that yeah but it's actually turned out for the better because um uh the the way i'm viewing it positively is that i i didn't just up and walk out impulsively they're the ones pulling the trigger and they're offering me a package to get rid of me basically and it's um so but that that gives me the opportunity to possibly go back to school for uh, second career opportunities and stuff like that I'm looking into, and uh, I just wondered if you had any tips or tricks for as an adult uh, who's still figuring out uh, his ADHD um, how to how to you know wrap your head around that go through the process applying and all that kind of stuff
0: okay um... So uh, like most questions, I have like nine different thoughts at the same time and trying to sort of catch one of them before they all go away. Um, that was probably because
4: I was too too verbose.
0: <laughs> no, no, So you know, one of the things I, I wonder too, so um going back to school, first I would ask like what's what's your the financial investment to going back to school? Um, Cause part of me wonders is this sort of like when you hear about people who they they have a baby just to figure their life out, right? Like is that the right solution for you, right? To sort of address some of the challenges or is it just sort of like postponing some of those those challenges that you have around uh, your ADHD um, and then it may just show up another another way, right? So if these are our patterns that could continuously emerge, what are the things that you could do to uh, really increase your um, uh, working on your, your ADHD? I'm
4: sorry, could you repeat? that question was my
0: response verbose um,
4: <laughs> yeah no i just I, I was following it but then when it came to the question mark at the end uh, my my mind went blank so
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, come on eric this is, this is q a not q and q uh all right so <laughs> the the question was is this the the, the going back to school like what what are you hoping this is going to solve going back to school let's start there
4: okay is it, um, I've spent 10 years in my current career and it's um one that I went into for a number of different reasons that don't necessarily apply now and it's uh, a career that it relies too much on the deficits of ADHD and not enough on my positive traits and so I'm hoping to get into a career that is focusing more on the positive side of
0: things. So okay so so you know there's there's a lot there because I think that when we think about a career, that's a really broad thing, right? So I'm, I'm trained as a social worker. And if I did traditional social work, right, there'd be a lot of paperwork, right? Because mm-hmm. I suck at paperwork. Uh, like I don't do things traditionally, right? And so like, are there things that still can leverage what your strengths and skill sets are that don't require you to be doing so much of the stuff that you're, you're not uh, suited for?
4: Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, it, it's a what I am currently a, a drafts person working with architects and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and I, I may use those skills at some point in the future for my own, you know, thoughts for products or or services or whatnot. But uh, I'm ready for a change, you know. Uh, and if I put it off much longer, the longer I put it off, the more difficult it's going to get to go through any kind of education. Uh, I live up in Ontario and there's a program uh, that the government offers called Second Careers, uh, but it's a fairly strict uh, access uh, to that in that you have to have been laid off. You can't just quit your job and you, you have to um, prove that the career that you're applying for training in is uh, valuable to the economy.
0: Um, you know, is there something that you are like hungry to go back to school for?
4: I'd like to help people. Um and uh part of that I think um you know part of my process in dealing with the a d h d has been to get involved with various uh, support groups and uh i I really not just i don't go anymore just to get what I get out of it mm-hmm. you know to get new information for myself, but I go as someone who's learned a lot from yourself and others. And so I give back things like that, you know, refer them to the podcast, refer them to other sources. And it's, uh, uh, I'd like to try and do that in some sort of coaching capacity or, or something like that. Um, uh, so I was thinking that or I've had some success in changing my diet. So uh, and I like talking to people about that. So maybe do like a split uh things you know take people with their diet issues take people with adhd because adhd is a small segment of the population but everybody's got to eat so <laughs>
0: you know i i'm a just a, a big proponent of you know trying to make your mess your message i mean that's that's what i do here um you know and so like turn your struggle into the thing that works for you right and uh so if you have interest in in helping people with adhd um and you think that it's your ADHD that is that has been kind of tripping you up a bunch, um, you know, it's not a bad thing to pursue. I mean, it's uh you know, if, if you keep going, if you're motivated to go like to these support groups that you were mentioning because you really enjoy the the helping of people, because it's you find that fulfilling, um, you know, it's that's that's my punch that I that I drink from. You know, it's uh it, it helps me too to, to help other people. You know, so, you know, looking into, uh, you know, coaching programs might not be a, a bad idea. Um, Brenda, what are your thoughts on this? That's, uh, I'm going to think Bernie, this will be the last question here. So let's, uh, let's wrap us up with, uh, with your thoughts.
2: One, if there is a career coach person in your area, completely talk to them, go to your office of, of, uh, unemployment services. They're available. They have career coaches there. Probably. I don't know what state you're in. I'm from Massachusetts. Massachusetts is sort of stellar when it comes to this stuff. There's other states that are not quite as impressive, and I don't have any idea what other countries are like. But if that's something that's available to you, start there. Talk to your office of unemployment uh, services, or or employment services, or whatever they call it, career services. See what kind of guidance you can get from them. Then move on to a career coach if that's a thing that exists. Um, And sort of conceptually, start figuring out four different categories and look for the overlap within them. Those four categories are, what do you love to do? What are you good at doing? What do people need? And what can you get paid to do? Or what are people willing to pay for, depending on how you want to look at it? Yeah. Got, to Ideally- to <laughs> <I'm sorry? laughs> Got to be able to feed yourself.
4: I'm sorry. Got to be able to feed yourself.
2: Right. Yeah. That's the one that gets left off a lot, but that one is the <laughs> most important one. um, and then figure out within those spheres where you land, right? Because like, there's some stuff we love, but we're not good at it. And no one wants to pay us. Or people would pay us, but we're not good at it. So that's not a thing we should do. But And you might be able to do something you're good at, but don't love for a while, depending on how much you don't love it. Like if you hate it, it's not a plan. But if you just only like it as opposed to love it, maybe that's the way to go for now. But, so, look in those four categories: what do you love? What are you good at? What do people need, and what are people willing to pay for? um and then find the stuff that overlaps the most and aim for those aim for those j- jobs, figure out what that skill set is um, and what those themes are, and then start heading in that direction any Any good career coach is going to have you do that exercise
0: okay. Brendan, have I ever shared a few of my uh, uh, um, sort of working idea of the three Ps? No. What pisses you off? What are you passionate about? And what can you get paid for? Right. If you can, if you can hit, you know, two of the three, being paid for has to be one of them. Um, (laughs) You know, try that because it's, you know, with ADHD, so much of what we, if we are, excited about it if we are passionate about it or if we are you know part of what drives me with ADHD Rewired is I'm pissed off that people don't understand themselves and haven't and and lack that understanding and so they struggle through so much of their life and I want and I'm passionate about making sure that people feel understood mm-hmm. right
4: yeah no, that that's fantastic uh, advice guys thank you very much for that's that awesome. yeah I heard some of it uh, before, but you know, with us with ADHD, we got to be reminded about things. <laughs> many, 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 <laughs> uh, many, many, many times. <laughs> many, many, many. Yeah. So, All
0: thank right. you very much for that. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for your question. Oh,
4: uh, you're welcome. All
0: right, let's uh, let's wrap this up here, um, Brendan. As always, thank you so much. Um, you know, thank you. I want to give everyone uh, just a couple of things. Um, so, you know, we do this every. Second Tuesday of the month. Uh oh, we're getting some some love over on Facebook. Um we do this every second Tuesday of the month at twelve thirty PM Central Time. Um I don't think we've we we have not missed a week in like our month in like two years, maybe. I mean it's yeah, been Yeah,
2: however long we've been doing it. I don't however think we've long we've been, been
0: doing it. And it's, it's definitely something that I look forward to every month.
2: I, I do too. And and just to let you know that I'm following your footsteps, I'm about to hit episode fifty without missing a week. So awesome
0: awesome i have this really great idea to uh um have this like really special episode 250 um Mm -hmm. i also had the same idea for episode 200 maybe i'll have this great idea for making something special for 300 um because it happened (laughs) for 250 um so there's that uh but anyways so if you have um you know if you've been appreciating this q and a if you've gotten value out of it please consider becoming a patron over at uh, patreon.com slash adhd rewired um, even just a few bucks a month is really really helpful um you know we're we're getting close to being able to uh, to offer two scholarships for our uh, um, our next coaching groups um, so that's a thing go to coaching to learn more about that to, for patreon it's at uh, patreon com slash adhd rewired and then uh, we'll see you all. Next month. This is Eric Tivers. Thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode. You can apply to our free and secret Facebook community. You can learn more about ADHD Rewired's intensive online video-based coaching and accountability groups and sign up for my email Newsletter to get exclusive content you won't get anywhere else. It's all at ADHDRewired.com. While you're there, click the Patreon button. If you're a regular listener and you're still listening to my voice, Consider making a monthly contribution by becoming a patron through our Patreon page. If you are able to financially support my work, it would mean a lot. This show is free to listeners, but it is not free to produce. And patrons get really cool perks. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tivers. You can like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash adhd rewired. If you're a coach, therapist, or related professional, connect with me on LinkedIn at LinkedIn.com slash Eric Tivers. You can also subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube and you can subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube and see select interviews and some other videos I've posted. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends and your family and your clients, as well as your coaches, therapists, and doctors. And if you're a coach, therapist, doctor, or ADHD support group leader, and you would like a pack of podcast postcards to hand out, you can request those at my website, ADHDrewired.com. And if you're a member of CHAD or any other ADHD support group, please be sure to tell them about this podcast. You can even show them how to download it on their phone. You know, you might be the person that turns somebody on to a podcast for the very first time. And if you really love this episode, please consider hitting share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. One of the biggest things that you can do to support this podcast and to help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, or any other podcast app that accepts ratings and reviews. And don't forget to hit subscribe on this podcast on your podcast app so new episodes are automatically pushed to your favorite podcast app. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audibletrial.com slash. ADHD Rewired. Not sure where to start? In no particular order. Check out Atomic Habits by James Clear, The Body Keeps Score by Bessel van der Koch. Happier, and Meditation for frigidity Skeptics. These are both by Dan Harris. Change Your Questions and Change Your Life by Marilee G. Adams. The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden. The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Do you have trouble asking for help? Listen to The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer. It's one of the best produced audiobooks I've ever heard. If you're looking for something a little bit more, say, magical, I unexpectedly fell in love with the Harry Potter series. And I don't usually listen to those kinds of books, and I loved it. And of course, if you haven't yet boarded the Brene Brown bus yet, check out Brene Brown's books starting with The Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, The Power of Vulnerability. And if you're an entrepreneur or leader in any capacity, check out her 2018 book, Dare to Lead. And Brene still is my most wanted guest. So if you know Brene, he would be so kind to make that connection for me, I would be really, really grateful. You know who else I would like to have on the show? You. Click the podcast tab at ADHDrewired.com and then click the Be a Guest button at the top of that page and schedule a 15-minute pre-interview. This is Eric Tivers reminding you to keep learning, keep growing, and keep connecting. Self-care is not selfish, and no matter what gets done or doesn't get done, at the end of the day, you are still enough. And no matter how hard it feels, we can do hard things. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next week.